Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, and we're going to start reading at, um, I'm going to start reading verse 10 actually. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Since, therefore, the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And let me pray for Rob, and Rob's going to come and talk to us. Lord Jesus, I pray as we we listen to the truths in this this passage, as your word speaks to us this morning, that this would be... um, the, the knowledge and wisdom that we take into the rest of the day uh, and this holiday. Uh, be with Rob as he speaks to us, we pray. Fill him with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to see you and a happy Christmas. Um, the best part of Christmas is... What's the best part of Christmas for you? Is it really? Oh, you grumpy sod. Not any of the people you're opening presents with? Oh, yeah. He's remembering now. He's remembering now. Uh, It's relationship, isn't it? It's family. I mean, I know for some, it will be a sad and a bittersweet memory um, of remembering people that you wish were still here. But even that suggests that uh, family, when it's working well, when people love one another and serve one another, it really is the best thing ever. And uh, you might be surprised that the Bible actually agrees with us. The Bible agrees that family is the best part of Christmas. Uh, But maybe not the family you're thinking of. Maybe the ones that you came with today or that you're going back to see afterwards. Because actually, we're all sinners. And that means that the way we can be brothers and sisters to each other, family members, it's going to be flawed, isn't it? We are not going to love each other as we should, and perfectly, and we're going to hurt one another. And perhaps some reason why people aren't spending Christmas today together is because of those broken relationships. So it's not the family that we're thinking of that makes Christmas the best. It's the one who is without sin, who is our brother, who says, I am not ashamed to be called your brother and to have you as my brother and sisters. It is Jesus Christ. And in this, verse, in this um, chapter today, um, verse, uh, chapter 2 of Hebrews, it says that, if you look down with me, verse 11, For he who sanctifies and makes holy, that is, and those who are made holy, all have one source, that is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. 
in the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And then there's a couple more quotes uh, from the Old Testament. He is not ashamed. Jesus, this is our simple point today. Uh, one point today for Christmas. Jesus is not ashamed to be our brother. And we're going to have a look at what that means. Uh, but in coming, in God becoming man, in him taking on flesh, he is saying, I'm standing with you. I'm standing with you. And brothers get a bad rep, don't they? They sort of um, jostle, they fight, they fall out a bit, but they're very loyal. So if, if it's anyone else turning on them, one of them, what they'll do is they'll stand up and they'll say, no, you, I can do that, but you can't do that. Um, they, they stand by them. And Jesus is saying, by coming in the flesh, by coming as a man, he's saying, I'm going to stand with you. And we're going to look at two things he says, I'll stand with you. He says, I'll stand with you against your greatest enemy, Satan. I'm going to stand with you against your greatest enemy, Satan. Um, look down at verse 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things of flesh and blood, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Do you ever wonder why we're scared of death? Why we fear death? It's pretty odd if all we are is just evolved beings who just kind of, life and death is all just part of the mix. Why, why do we actually fear death? Well, it's because we fear the judgment to come. We want to escape death because we know, deep down, that when we face death, there's going to be an answer before the Holy God. And, um, and actually, it says here that Satan is the one who, who wields that at, at us as a weapon. He says, a death is coming. He has power over death as well. And, uh, and the fear of death is what holds us captive. And so Satan is like the big bully in the playground. He's saying, you can't take me on. You, you can't do anything against me. And yet Jesus is the one who comes into the playground and says, they're with me. And I'm bigger than you. And I can overpower you, Satan. And, uh, and that's what he does at the cross. He takes on death, he beats it. He takes on the one who has power over death and he beats him. And so therefore he frees those who all their lives are in fear of death because they don't have a judgment to come. Jesus is saying, I'm standing with you. He says, I'll stand with you in the presence of God my Father. Have a look down at um, uh, verse 16. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Jesus is the one who is perfect, and he can perfectly come before his Father in heaven, in the throne room of God, and he has access. And he's saying, I'm going to come to earth so that I can stand with you and take you to be with my Father. I will make you holy, I will give you my righteousness, so that you can come without fear 
um, into the presence of God. He is that faithful high priest in the service of God, merciful. And just lastly then, for Christians, what is it today? Well, it says in verse 18, because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. I don't know if you realise that, and this is one thing that struck me in preparing this, is that Jesus has already demonstrated everything to show that he is willing to help us with sin. He, he couldn't have done more to show us that he wants to help us with sin. And we struggle, don't we? And yet, what madness it would be to not come to Jesus. Because it says here that he not only knows what it is to suffer when tempted, he's also able to help. You know the person who sort of sympathises? They sympathise with what you're going through, but, but they can't do anything about it. They can't help you. Whereas Jesus is the one who has been tempted and suffered. And yet he is able to help us when we're tempted. Um, so one of the applications for us as Christians is when we feel the temptation today to put ourselves first, to think, think badly of others, to treat others badly, to get impatient, we all will, won't we? We're sort of running on an empty tank and, uh, and we've got kids, you know, some of us. Um, or we've got mother and father-in-laws, you know, some of us. Um, or we're, we're the one who's doing the Christmas dinner and we're, we're struggling to get it all together and everyone's sort of like asking how long it's going to be. You know that question. Is it, is it, is it ready yet? No! We can, ask, we can come to Jesus because he knows what it's like to be tempted. And yet he is without sin, so he's able to help us. So it would be madness, madness for us to not go to him with our sin. He wants to help. He is able to help. And so as Christians, we can just come to him and say, I need your help. Thank you that you stand with me. Thank you that you have stood with me against my enemy Satan. And you will bring me into the presence of God, my Father. Help me today. Um, if you're not a Christian, you still have a greatest enemy. He will do everything he can to ensure that you don't go to Jesus. Because he doesn't want you to know uh, if your sins forgiven, the judgment being taken away. He will lead you down that path and he will suggest that you're not going to face it. And you, you might fall for that hook, line and sinker, but, but you will. And the only one who can uh, outpower him, overpower him, is Jesus. The only one who can take you safely into the presence of a holy God is Jesus. And he is willing to do that. Let's pray. Father, thank you that as Jesus came in the flesh, he was saying that I'm, he's standing with us, sinners, being counted among us without sin, but being willing to be associated with us and willing to bring us into relationship with you. Thank you for that love. Thank you for that loyalty, uh, that commitment. Pray that we'd respond to you. We'd grab it with both arms. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.